I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Game on, everybody. It's all in sports. Jake Seeley at All in Kid. Chris Meany at Chris Meany. Very simple for him. We're back. It's uh, time to talk some fantasy football and baseball because guess what? Baseball happened <laughs> while you were probably sleeping because I can tell you one thing, Chris. I was not getting up at damn 4.30 in the morning just to watch some baseball. Yeah, no, it was really early. And, you know, if one of my teams is playing, you know, I say one of my teams, nope. but, uh, you know, I, slight chance, slight chance if my team was playing at 5.30 Eastern time, I was getting up. But, uh, no, I did not tune into any of this, but uh, we got a lot of runs, man. 9-6 Seattle over Oakland. A lot of runs scored, and, you know, a guy that you and I have been no, talking about. No, 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 He's no. been crushing it. <laughs> He's been crushing I'm, it. I'm actually, you know what, I, I will say this. We could talk about an ad nauseum at this point because yeah. my drafts are over. I don't care anymore. I don't care about the value getting ruined. We're going to talk about him in a second, but I want to go back to the first part. Chris, even if it was four years ago where I still cared about the Mets a lot, and again, for everybody out there, it's like I've written off the Mets. I, you know, I would like to still see them win at the same time. I'm kind of conflicted because I don't want to see the Wilpon succeed in anything, but they're going to be around, and I just have to live with it. But you know how I feel. You know that I'm just kind of like, whatever. If they win, they win. Whatever. If they lose, they lose. You know, if they made the playoffs, I'd pull for them. It'd be hard. You can't just turn your heart off completely. Right. I've become as detached as possible. But still, I want to go back to one thing. Even if it was four years ago, I'm still not waking that up, up that early just to see them play baseball. And I'm not going to record them either because I don't know about you. Is I can't watch a sports team, sporting event that I know has – like even if I don't know, even if I made sure nobody said anything, I didn't check Twitter, I don't know the outcome, I still can't watch it knowing it's already happened. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. You mean like the repeat? Like watch the repeat like later no, today? just even record it and watch it yourself. Okay, I got you. Yeah, if you already know, then you already know. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement there for sure. But I record a lot of games, to be honest. This is what, so another guy back – yeah, one one of the one of my friends back home, like he's getting into this pyramid TV thing, and I don't even know what kind of you know brand it is. It doesn't matter, pyramid, but you can watch like selling TVs and the guy underneath. <laughs> no, them you can, two it's more like basically get... it's like basically free cable, man. You get like every sports channel you want. The problem is you have to watch live, and for me, I'm doing a lot of things. Oh, I thought, so, I thought it was like a like a no, pyramid no, 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 no. of TVs. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, get your 55 inch TV. No, it's um, it's just like you know basically like cable so but for me i i do watch some of my like not football but for hockey like you know i'm a big hockey guy and i'm doing things in the evening whether i'm playing hockey or i'm doing shows whatever it may be i'm not around to watch the game live i will kind of tune away from my phone a little bit and i'll go back and watch and i'm not you know it doesn't take anything away i got the pvr i fast forward through commercials i fast forward through the icings that nonsense not the nonsense and in between periods so i can watch it but if i know if i already know the score there's no there's no chance i can't get myself into it but you know i i stay away from the phone so it still kind of excites me but for baseball 
Uh, like I have MLB TV. I got to hide the score. The Angels come on late. I'm watching them live. I can't watch the Angels at like four in the morning. Like this game. I can't watch <laughs> at five in the morning. There's no chance. No, see, I, like I said, I can't even do it knowing it's already happened. Like even if I don't know the result, I just, I still can't. Really? I just be like, yeah, eh, I'll start fast forwarding. And then if you're fast forward, you can't really fast forward. Yeah, no, it's not like a TV show where I, I even started fast forwarding The Walking Dead like two years, three years ago. I forget what season it was. And I'd fast forward to parts and just like, I know nothing's going to happen in this that matters i don't care about this new damn family that's right. gonna get killed in three episodes so i like i'll fast forward parts you can't do that with sports because then you're you like oh i missed yeah you can't you can you know you can kind of do it with football it's funny that you, you yes. bring this up and we're talking about it because it's like usually pvr whatever you know you you, you fast forward it the dvr whatever you call it up there or down, down here down there south of the border and it's just 30 seconds so you skip the huddle right unless it was a chip kelly offense you, you were skipping part of the play because it was run so quickly and I, I learned that the hard way you know back in the day but the thing with football is all the games are on the same time you want to watch them all you can't just oh i'm gonna watch this game later on so it doesn't really work for football but you can do it with other sports i suppose yeah i, I just i still can't there's something I'm not a big history. Well, I'm not big. I would say I'm the least big history person ever. Like, I just don't, I don't do museums. I mean, I'll go with somebody, but I'll be bored out of my damn mind. I don't watch, you know this, I don't watch documentaries. I don't watch the history channel. I just, not that I don't care how things were founded. And, you know, I took the classes all through high school and college, like everybody else. It's just the least interesting thing to me. And that's fine. Like if people are going to be out there, like I have a friend who is a history teacher. I've known him since fifth or sixth grade so it's not like i I can't be friends with you and (laughs) it's just it's the it's one of the most boring things like just think about the most boring thing that you never want to watch on tv and that's just me when it comes to history stuff i know people are going to be like thinking i'm crazy to say that you got to acknowledge history blah blah blah. and then the whole oh if you don't know your history doomed to repeat it well i mean i know it i just don't care so like to me i I want i'm saying that because i wonder if that's spilling into like i know this game has already happened and I don't care about history. So I don't know. You, you see where I'm trying to go? Am I, am I putting two pieces together that don't fit? No, I, I see where you're, I, I, I see it, man. I do. I really do. And yeah, I'm not a big history buff either. It and does not make a lot of sense. <laughs> I, I've done it a lot. Like my grandfather is just like, he wants to hit up every museum in the world and he wants to, you know, learn about oh, this. Yes. No, he already knows about it all. Like it's just, you know, some people are excited about that kind of stuff, but uh, I'm with you. I'm on the, I lean that side too. It's, you know, it doesn't really. Here's the problem. I'm, I'm a human with a 2030 brain inside of a 2019 but like I always want new stuff, new like I don't do it for yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like old classic stuff. I'm just not. I'm the exact like people want to re- use records. I'm like you're out of your damn mind. You want to you want to live in this 1908 fixer upper with this old forget. No, that's that's <laughs> gross to me. Like I don't want it. Like the the wood creaking. No, all right. So hey, you know who I would probably fit well with? This is a great transition. I'm excited. The GM of the Giants. Oh, he yeah. who shall not be named on this show, by the way. Oh, okay. Although, Fine with I, that. yeah, I, I mean, as if people heard on the last podcast, I kind of don't care anymore. And I, I even said it the other day when we saw all the tweets out there of the things he was saying during the press conference. And I was legitimately laughing. And that's how I know I've moved on because two weeks ago, I'd be like, I hate this mother. Oh, my God. He's such a. No, I sat there. I was like, you know what? This is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, other Giants fans. I'm, again, I'm not disowning them completely. I'm not throwing my Giants gear away. Actually, the one thing, I left the Barkley jersey behind me because I still love Saquon Barkley. It's still behind yeah, me. Yeah, it's not I'm, his fault. It's not his fault. Right. It's not his fault. <laughs> I got the Lawrence Taylor signed jersey. It's not his, it's definitely not his fault. Uh, no. So, 
actually my buddy was in Canton and he sent me a couple pictures and one was the Lawrence Taylor bust. I asked him if there was like a line of Coke underneath it, but apparently they didn't include that part. So. <laughs> Oh. oh man, life has to be just rock bottom for Giants fans. It's not just you, man. It's I think everyone is out there feeling a lot like how you're feeling. Like you I'm, saw the quotes, right? I saw a lot of stupid quotes. I mean, I'm I kind of blocked them out and tuned them out a bit, but yeah, I've I've heard about you which, know, which is your favorite. Is it is your favorite the uh, we got an offer we couldn't refuse. That, that one, that one was, that one's good. That one's right up there. Yeah, we, is, we didn't plan on trading Odell, but we got an offer we couldn't refuse. I like the narrative that Eli's overpaid and that he can't play as a crock. And I think he went on to say the way that he finished this season and you know what he's making. There's, there's really wasn't a decision to make or something. <laughs> like confusing himself with with some of the things that um, comes out of his mouth so i mean I'll, I'll, how about the one where he said that when you're calling to make trades you're calling from a position of weakness which makes sense i, I actually <laughs> understand that concept however if you want to talk about the situation we're in so let's just talk about odo Beckham real quick if you are quote unquote not wanting to call people because that puts you at the position of weakness you've already been called you I've already admittedly said that you will listen to offers because if you get an offer, you supposedly couldn't refuse with the Browns. But also, other, even if, Chris, let's just say you're the GM of the Giants, is it not at least your damn due diligence to ring up three other teams just to see? I mean, now you have something in front of you and you say, I have a first, a third, and a player coming from the Cleveland Browns do you want Odell Beckham? Do you want to try and trump that? Like, you even have a base level, and people can say, like, nah, I'm not going to give you that much, or try to play hardball, then you're like, yeah, forget, whatever. You knew you could call up the Bills. They tried to trade in for Antonio Brown. You could have right. tried to call up the Pack. There was multiple teams you could have tried to trade to, or at least talked to. Like, that's just, that's your job as the GM. Yeah, I, I would love to be a general manager. I've said this before with you. I've, I've talked about it before numerous times. Like, I'd like to be a fly on the wall. I just assume that's how things go. That's how things should go. Absolutely. When you have one of the best players on the planet on your team and you're thinking about trading him or you're getting offers from one or two other teams and you think that they're really good offers, this was an offer you could not refuse, you have to go out and see elsewhere what you can get. I mean, that's only common sense. And I just, I have to assume that he did that. And if he's saying he didn't and he's openly admitting that then i mean he should be canned on the on the spot like he, he should it's it's without question it's it's ridiculous so yeah if i have odell beckham jr i am talking to every single team in the nfl guess what i know that you guys are fine at wide receiver but do you want odell because i have an offer on the table i can get him and you know what people talk and and the first team that comes calling your way whether it's the patriots and we heard those reports the patriots asking about odell oh you want him so we're not dealing him like teams talk like gms talk i'm sure of it they know conversations that have ha that are had to a certain extent but beckham is on the block and that there's rumors that he could there's some friction out there that he could be dealt i'm sure other teams are calling him. he should be calling other teams it, it doesn't make any sense and if Oh, man, I'm sure there's going to be a book, a biography book or a doc that you're probably going to have to watch, man, because Can't. there's a lot of things out there that I'm sure we're going to hear over the next couple of years. This, I mean, he looks he looks clueless. He, he's going to go down as one of the, the craziest GMs in, in sports. No, really. Chris, you have to look at it. Remember, look at what the Carolina Panthers were before him, and he got to a Super Bowl. Come on. Come on, Chris. <sighs> Yeah, I'm not buying into any of that. But they, you know, you know what? Joking aside, yeah, let's revisit that real quick. 
that team should have done more than just got to one Super Bowl. Let's be real. Oh yeah, they were yeah, they were disappointing for a couple of years. Where the, for me, at least the hype, I I expect them to be Super Bowl contenders at least you know win their division and stuff. And yeah, I mean I, I think some injuries held them back, but yeah, they were they were, were overall pretty dis- disappointing. Right, and it was also hey, they just need a few more pieces. Why isn't he getting more help? Why is yeah. he doing this? Like it's just you kept looking at that roster and saying, man, this roster is like an eight point five out of ten. They just need a few more. And they just the few more never came. And I wasn't saying that for, for people might assume. I wasn't saying that he put this team together and it should have done more because of the talent. It was that their fault. I think the talent was lacking to put them over the top and it was his fault in not capitalizing on the talent he had in hand. Yeah, I, I agree. And again, you know, he says, you know, this trade won't be fully evaluated until like later on down the road. Whatever oh, no, we can fully get. evaluate. You're done. Yeah, I mean, we have a pretty good <laughs> sense of it right now um, that it's, you know, that it's it's a bad look and it was a bad trade. And I, you know, I, I kind of believe him when he says that he he wasn't wanting to trade Odell, but there's a lot <laughs> no. of nonsense coming out of his. <laughs> that's mouth your offer. No. <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> offer he could not refuse. Yeah, I mean it's silly, Jake. You just—I have to assume, man. I have to assume he talked to other teams. I, I really do. But he, at this point, you can guarantee that there's a good dozen that you know didn't talk to him, and that's that's. You know who doesn't job. take the first offer that comes across their table? Every other <laughs> damn GM in sports anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think I brought up Mark Bergevin in the Montreal Canadiens last week or a couple weeks ago with PK Subban. It's it's very identical. Like if you're a big sports fan and you're looking at that, you know, you're listening right now, and you you can you can relate. You can connect the dots. He said the same thing. It was it was a polarizing figure Here's on the team. One you, of the man. best young players. Go ahead, but, like the finish. I was just gonna I was yeah, gonna follow it up. With no, him. he he just he said like I'm not trading this guy. I don't <laughs> want to trade him. You just signed him to a lengthy deal. He had a press conference to talk about it. He said the exact same thing. I'm not trading him. Then he's at the NHL draft. A Nashville's GM comes over to him and says, "Hey, I'll give you Shea Weber for PK Subban straight up." He says, "Done, deal. That's an offer I could not refuse. I wasn't shopping PK. I never offered PK to anybody. But yet, when you get one deal for one offer for PK, you automatically take it. That's like a little kid, just like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's 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 crazy to me. It's ludicrous. You need to explore all of your options because you could have gotten somebody or something better. I'm sure of it. Both both cases. That's all right. So. Final thing because we need to we need to move on from Gettleman. We, we rip him enough. Yeah, that, that, everybody's not like we give him too much airtime. Yeah, I know it's it's ridiculous. That's what I was kind of thinking of there. Like, <laughs> let me just ask you as we will leave out with this: which is worse, Gettleman taking this first offer, supposedly being the best offer and couldn't refuse, and blah blah blah, or to go back to you in Canada, Omar Mernaya trading the entire franchise for Bartolo Colon? Because for people that don't you know, are possibly old enough to remember this. Omar and I used to be the GM of the Expos. He got Bartolo Colon from the Indians at the time for Cliff Lee, who would go on to have multiple elite years pitching. Grady Sizemore, who would have been potentially a Hall of Famer. Injuries didn't kill him. And Brandon Phillips, who was only one of the better second basemen in the game for years and years and years on end. Forget about Lee Stevens. It was just Lee Stevens. I mean, 
it was one of the most ridiculous trades at the time and in the whole history of baseball. And that's why I bring it up. So that's between the two, which is worse, which is just, would you rather see somebody trade everything in their hall to get one player or would like take the first off from the table and supposedly get the best offer? Oh yeah, that's, that's tough, man. You give me some heartache with the Expos. There were a lot of bad deals for that organization. They were just giving away players left, right and center. And you know, I think it's, I think the Beckham thing is worse. I mean, can I go back and look at the Cologne trade and, and see the three studs that you mentioned, like Lee really, Lee really panned out and Brandon Phillips was solid too. And, you know, you mentioned Sizemore definitely Maybe. had some, some potential, but at Maybe least that team was, com- they were competitive. Though, and I knew that Cologne was still going to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know the Expos wouldn't be around. <laughs> yeah. This guy's going to be, we'll be able to get him back for sure. No, but, uh, you know, they were at least semi-competitive in around that point. Uh, I think it was around 2000. They were competitive, and I, Cologne, they thought at the time, Cologne could give them an edge, and maybe they could make the postseason, because that's what it was all about for Montreal. Right. I mean, he's had the, need to try a and couple get to the good playoffs. years and try to get there. And, and he, you know, he had a couple good showings, but it obviously wasn't good enough. But yeah, that goes down as, when I look back at some of the worst trades in baseball and sports history, um, that was one of them. But, I mean, the Expos lost a lot of good players. No, they were just super excited, just like uh, the Denver Nuggets with about 10 games still left to play celebrating making the playoffs. Like, dude, chill out. I mean, I know it's been a bunch of years. What did they say? It was 2013 the last time they made the playoffs or whatever it was. Look, you're still in contention for the number one seed. The playoffs are still 10 days away or 10 games away. Like, chill out. You just, I mean, I guess it's fun. I guess it's fun to celebrate. But, all right. Let's Cologne, by the way, only played like a handful of games for the Expos, too. I know, because that was also the strike year and all that stuff, which yeah. they would have been in the playoffs. They would have won that division. Sad for the Expos. Sorry. Bye, bye. As a tear. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> now my coworker. Your coworker, too. That's right. Um, we'll come back to some other football stuff if we have time. Uh, baseball, Chris. So in two years from now, if this is... Well, we'll say Mike Trout wakes up to watch some 5:30 baseball. When Mike Trout wakes up and opens his eyes, Chris, cha-ching, 98,000 is in his bank account <laughs> per day. He wakes up, even in the offseason. Uh, if you want a further breakdown of that, every time he steps to the damn plate, not in a bat, just a plate appearance. For So people know, plate appearance. If he walks up to the plate, cha-ching, 52,311 bucks, Chris. The dude just signs a $430 million contract for 12 years. Bryce Harper, take your record setting and shove it you know where. And I guess a couple things. Um, good for the Angels. Really nice to see. Bryce Harper apparently isn't the great recruiting salesman that we all thought he was going to be to potentially get Harper and Trout with the Phillies in two years. And I don't know, I mean, absurd amount of money. But I will say this. The problem is, and I got a text from somebody, and I got a text from somebody who admittedly started the text off with, Chris, you'll, you'll love this. I, I admittedly don't know that much about baseball. <laughs> like, all right, all right, this is going to be good. <laughs> Feel like every type of contract for like these 10 or 12 years ends up being a bust. And I said, the problem is, and I saw a lot of people doing the same thing on Twitter, is you're thinking about the Canoes nearing 30 years and getting... 10 years, nine years, the, you know, uh, the other contracts like, well, Jonas Cespedes for the Mets, you know, giving these contracts that are close to the thirties, late in the twenties, and also the nine to 10 years on top of the pool holes. But let's go back and look at this in the, the Harper, the Machado, the only one actually of these three that worries me is Machado because of the injury concerns. But I brought up this in the text too, and I'll see if you agree with this, Chris, let's go back to A-Rod who was getting this kind of contract at a similar age and talk about the fact that, you know what, A-Rod, 
he actually turned value. Yes, at the end of his career, people are going to remember only that, oh my God, $25 million for somebody who can't even play half the season. He was getting... No, no. at that point, the Yankees and everybody who had him got what they wanted from A-Rod. They got the playoffs and the World Series and the amazing production and the ticket sales and the jersey sales and the merchandise. They already got their return value. That last year or two meant nothing in the terms of the, the actual contract. No, yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, 100%. Especially when you get yourself a ring, if you're an organization. I know, you know, Texas sounded that big deal, but the Yankees took on a lot of that money and, and you know, other they re-upped as well. So, I mean, you get that ring, it's, it's all worth it. I, I think this is like... Trout's like the golden boy, right? It's a lot of money. And, you know, in other sports, I don't think this is going to be like football where, you know, you see, oh, Garoppolo gets this, and then this quarterback needs to get this. And, well, if he got that, you know, Cousins need to get, he needs to get this. And, Car- like, these guys are topping each other. I don't think that's going to be the case with, with Trout. I look ahead at, you know, Mookie Betts, what's he going to get? He's not going to get this this kind of money. He's going to get close probably. But I, I think he's he's totally worth it. You're right. It's good for the Angels. It's good for baseball. Everybody uh, that has spoken out inside, the sport you know Dodgers manager Dave Roberts says you know he's the best player that you know that he said he I think he said the best player he ever played against was Barry Bonds and he says Trout is in that conversation and he says he's he thinks he's worth it and he probably got underpaid I mean <laughs> I joked with you when we talked about it that if he hit the open market with this that maybe maybe a team is is offering a little bit more money maybe they're flirting with 500 it is crazy to think about but through age 26 Trout's He's ahead of the all-time leaders in, in, in terms of pace, in home runs, hits, runs, and walks. Like 240 to Bonds is 142. Um, 1,187 hits to Pete Rose's 899. Runs scored 793 to Henderson's 732. Walks 693 to Bonds' 44. Like he really is the golden boy. He's crazy. Not a lot of people watch him because he plays in California. Plays Everyone knocks the, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They, I, saw, I saw every show yesterday. It's, that's all I heard. Nobody knows Trout. Nobody buys his jersey. Nobody would recognize him in a, in a SoCal grocery store nobody watches the angels nobody knows how to pronounce their team name like I've, I've heard all of it before but you know he's he's worth the he's worth the money uh he he doesn't go about himself the same way that guys like harper do or manny machado do he keeps things kind of low under the radar and you're right yeah harper didn't do a lot of recruiting because Trout never gave him a lot of time i still think to this day that if they didn't sign harper to that deal and in a couple of years, Trout's kind of waiting out for the opportunity to be at home. And but you know he's doing his own thing, and it's it's good to see. I was surprised, man, because I've watched Trout since day one, and just seeing him on the field and how he relates with his family and how much he talks about how close he is with his family and wanting to be home and loves Philly. And I, I thought the writing was on the wall that this guy was eventually going to go home and and play there. But it's good for the Angels, like I said, and it's and it's good for it's good for baseball. He, deserves it and like I said I think it's a bit of a pay cut man but it's crazy to think that he's gonna what'd you say 660,000 or something every plate appearance 90 every day oh it was 52,311 that is hit the hit the batting cage kids get out there and (laughs) work on the swing I mean it's phenomenal and I agree too I don't think it's the same deal can't be talking about this with pool hosts and Cano and some of these other guys like I saw some Joey Votto things out there Votto's still fine but you know, with Trout, he can you know he can play some DH and move around. I I, I think he's I, I think we'll look back at this contract and be fine. Another twelve years from now, he's twenty he's twenty seven, so I think it'll be okay. There was some numbers getting thrown around on Twitter yesterday. I don't remember them off the top of my head because I don't like tweets, so I can't go back and 
find it. <laughs> but uh, so if you look at it, the fact of somebody was saying if you take Pakoda because they do all the projections and stuff. Oh, I actually found it. So there you go. Boo in your face. Nice. Um, if, so for everybody out there, Pakoda does projections, and then Pakoda has you can actually look at their like their 90th percentile, their 80. Like the, so, it's kind of like 90th is what you would kind of expect. It's less than 100. It's less than their you know their um, ultimate value. It's kind of like hey, some things went wrong. Hey, he missed some games. If you look at the 80th percentile, is like even more. Um, or so you get down to like 10 percentiles, obviously, like things just fell apart and is terrible. So anyway, Chris Towers, CBS tweeted this out. So his 90th percentile, which is like, this is not what this is 10% less than what Trout should do. His 90th percentile is 333, 142 runs, 39 home runs, 115 RBI, and 31 stolen bases. That's like, that's less than Trout can do. That's, that's, that's absurd. That's insane. For the comparison that he made, Mookie Betts is 329, 124, 30, 101, and 33. So he's not that far off. Uh, but the funniest one I found was his 10th percentile, as in things really have to go wrong for Mike Trout to be this bad. You ready for this line? Oh, yeah. 275. All right. You know, 110 runs, 30 home runs, 85 RBI, and 23 stolen bases that's that's mike trout having a terrible year <laughs> it's it's disgusting and it's again i just feel i i watch this guy play every day and i don't really know how many people sit there and and watch him again because of of the west coast games and they come on so late we're talking about recording games and i'm not getting up you know i'm gonna stand up to watch this but I look at that 2017 season. I think he played 114 games. Just in terms of fantasy land, Jake, he still was a top 70 player. And for somebody to just to miss, yeah, to miss, you know, that portion of of games and and still, yeah, it, it really is. It, it's nuts. We all know about the war, the the highest war. I think it's like 62 or something since. What is it good for? <laughs> what is it good for? And he's he's just. You need like it's a phenomenal sound effect in the background. <laughs> yeah, we do. Well, maybe soon we'll have some of those uh, sound effects. But um, it's again, it's nuts. And I and I watch him and Jake, just the way he just carries himself at the plate. Like this guy goes up to the plate, and I don't have the numbers to back it up, but I I, I guarantee you, it's almost close to ninety percent of the time he is taking that first pitch, and pitchers have caught on that he's going to take that, and they just. They just groove a fastball in there, and it doesn't. Oh, there's matter. somewhere you can find you that. I basically, it I know. I will look it up. I'll have it for the next show. I promise. I'll look it up. I looked this up a couple of years ago, and and I always just chuckle to myself when I watch him. Like he's not, he's not going to swing at this first pitch. He's not going to, and it's a fastball right down the pipe, and it doesn't matter. He starts to count almost every count. He starts 0 and 1, and he's still getting on base. It's it's crazy, and not to mention, you know, he's an underrated fielder as well. So. Yeah, good. Good again. Good on the Angels. They, got, they finally have a farm system. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, you know, best player in baseball has played three playoff games and has zero playoff wins and plays for a loser organization." Like they finally have a bit of a farm system. I think it's like top ten now. Maybe they can build some guys around him when Poolhouse goes. They obviously have some money to spend. hundred percent. So let's talk about other baseball things. Yeah, let's talk about the game that happened that apparently counts. And we're starting over. Oh, sidebar on that real quick. I hate this. Like, okay, now. No. Oh, just look. There's no good way to say this without sounding like I should be building a wall with Trump. But baseball should start in America. Like, I just, you see what I'm saying? I'm not trying, like, 
<laughs> we had this debate last year, I think. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, the thing is, it's just yeah. like baseball is baseball. I have no problem playing international games. We should be going international basketball, football. Like it's it's great. Yeah, I want exactly. to see us throughout the world, and and not even us as in like America. It's just us as in like the sport. I love to see this. But the baseball season should start in America, in my opinion, and it should be the one celebration day. I and I'm going to take it a step further to prove that it has nothing to do with just like the whole Japan thing or anything like that. Is I don't like this whole new Thursdays and all the. I wanted the one day of baseball where everybody started at one for a few night games, or maybe that one day afterwards where you had like the the Monday night baseball and like stuff like that, where you'd have like two teams that didn't play on Sunday, like whatever day you pick. I thought Sunday was great, whatever day you want to pick, but Sunday was perfect to me. Everybody starts on the same day. It's a huge celebration, or it was Monday, wasn't it? Because everybody tried to take off work. Whatever the damn day, yeah, yeah, whatever it was, whatever it was. That was I have I've already forgotten as you see because we've been screwing around with it for the past couple of years. I want one day take off work. Everybody sits home. Everybody watches baseball all damn day long. And to do that, you can't. And that's what I'm saying. To do that, you can't have overseas, and you can't have a two game set, which makes no damn sense for you. Want to talk about fantasy? You want to talk about baseball in general? Let's talk about baseball in general. You have these two teams playing today and tomorrow. Then what? They come back. And they like have some a little bit of extra spring training, and then the season starts again. Like, how much sense does this make? Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense either. And and I agree as well. I mean, those listening, we're not trying to say that there shouldn't be baseball overseas, like you said. Every sport is doing it. Sell the product, sell the game, let it grow. That should that should happen one hundred percent. But yeah, to have this, you know, a week. You know, the season starts next Thursday. You're doing it a week and two games set tough for anybody of you know this the fan base to even see these games like what seattle and oakland i mean what time is the game starting over there i mean that's like 3 30 in the morning uh roughly right around that time if you're living in seattle or you're living in oakland no, it's, well if it's, it's it was 5 30 eastern time right so right, so that's 2 30 2 30 so i mean it's tough for any <laughs> Don't go to bed that it's fan base to, yeah to, to watch their team play and i remember having this debate a little bit last year too um you know these teams like new york and uh, you know there's a lot of teams actually it was a good 20 teams that want to have opening day in their ballpark in the afternoon and everyone watches it i remember those days too i i think it was a monday everyone got excited about it they didn't they took it off they all watched afternoon games and baseball was there and it happened and in terms of fantasy too it's it's so confusing like wait league started yesterday you got to make sure you have you know you it depends on obviously your format but some you know if you're playing a head-to-head format it's like it started yesterday uh, I think in some sites you could switch it up and, and have it start next Thursday, but you're missing a couple, you know, missing today's games and or yesterday's games and today's, oh, it's all, it's, it's a little confusing. I'll say that, but, um, yeah, have, I don't know. Can you do that though? Can you have a couple games, like a two, you can't have a two game set in the middle of July. I mean, these teams would have to have a full week off, so that would mess with their, no, they want it. I guess you can give them a couple of off, you can give them one or two more off days a month to make it add up. But. No, you could, you could do the trip to Japan. You just the day off. The bigger thing is not going to be the day. Before, well, it depends on what coast they are, but you could either set it up the day game before you travel, and then you have the Thursday off day, and then they play Friday, Saturday, or put a full game set Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. give them off Monday. Like, that would make more sense, yeah. You could just do that. Or, heck, you could have for once, you know, baseball's got enough weird scheduling things going on where. 
Sometimes everybody like it's almost changes by the year. You ever notice that sometimes like a ton of teams are off on Mondays or a ton of teams are off on Thursdays, but then like other years, they like they keep moving or you know what? They're off Monday and Tuesday. I'm sure you could tinker with the schedule enough to move it around where that one extra off day, because you're not going to send somebody overseas for multiple series. So, you know, that's their one game set and, you know, kind of do it like football does. You have, three different sets of games that go over there. Maybe, like you said, maybe it's only a two-game set, whatever it might be. A really good one would be, hey, you know what? You have your two-game set the day before the All-Star break. There you go. Then you got plenty yeah. of time to recover. That's that's a good idea. Yeah, you take a week before the All-Star break. You have a couple days off before, a couple days off, you know, leading into the All-Star weekend. And, yeah, I'm, I guess we came up with a solution. <laughs> it wasn't that hard at all. So Of course. Yeah, it's – it's tough. We're nominated for awards we never win. This is true. Well, <laughs> I mean, you've won one. I've accepted it on your behalf. That doesn't count. Yeah, true. Fair <laughs> enough. But yeah, I mean, the season season started, but it doesn't feel like it. I think no, that's it, the worst part like about it. A couple, I saw a couple bat flips on Twitter this morning when I woke up, but uh, you know, that's about it. That's well. Yeah, let's talk about the game then. There's enough yeah. enough yelling at kids to get off our lawns, and we'll talk about it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's still drafts. There's still time to, to draft Santana in the 10th round. And that's what I want to talk about. Like I said, the, when Chris initially was starting to bring it up before, I was like, no, nah. and I was like, you know what? Actually, fine. <laughs> My drafts are over. I hope you listen to me at this point. And admittedly, I will bring it back up and I will say it again. I missed big time at Domingo Santana. Yes, I'm not going to say I should have had him lower. I'm just, yes, a lot of things went hella wrong for him. Like every possible, you, like everything went wrong for him is the, Late signing of Yelich and Kane, I still didn't move him down that much because I said, you know what, you're looking at this roster, they can still have him in the outfield. And you know what, you put Braun at first base. Well, that was before Jesus Aguilar decided to go bananas last year as well, which also forced the actual situation of a cluster in the outfield, meaning that's being Santana's going to sit. If you have Braun healthy with Kane and Yelich, eh, there's nowhere left to play. So you had that on top of it, and then Santana starts off slow, he gets hurt, gets sent to the minors, and it just went through crap. But the reason I was on him, Chris, was because the year before that, not hitting for an amazing average, not lighting the world on fire in any specific category, but the five-category contribution he gave you, he was the 10th best, 10th, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th best outfielder in fantasy baseball the year before. So you give him at the at-bats, Domingo Santana's going to be fine. He's got a full-time job with the, I was about to say Seahawks, with the Mariners. So yeah, I can't, you play, it's football if you're playing at five o'clock. Uh, the Mariners, it's a full-time job. So even if you conservatively, and that's what I said, Chris, you conservatively, let's not even take his 2017 numbers. Let's just say 70 to 80 runs, 70 to 80 RBI, about 20, 25 home runs, 15 to 20 steals, and a decent average. Top 20 outfielder. And that's, that's reasonable expectations. That's not even getting back to two years ago. Yeah, and we've been we've been talking about him for for a while. And you know, NFBC, I look at his his ADP is obviously it's it's jumped over the past you know four or five weeks. Obviously, having a good spring and it's a grand slam this morning, so he'll probably jump up another fifty picks or so. But you know, two thirty, two thirty on NFBC. I mean, that's fair, even still. You know, you you reach a little bit on that. I think he's still kind of underpriced. And, you know, obviously, I do some work with uh, <laughs> the athletic for sure. 
uh, pumping some baseball information over there, but I've been doing some stuff over the past six or seven weeks with fan tracks too. And originally when I had him as a sleeper, he was 382, Jake, 382. I know he was undrafted to start the damn season. Yeah. And then two weeks ago, I touched on him. I was doing some category sleepers and I brought up Santana again, linked out. I said, here, just touch on him just quickly a little bit. Don't want to, you know, beat the drum too much here, but his ADP is still only, you know, two nine. I think it was like 298 or something. And just checking again this morning, I was just curious and it's like 280 so i mean it, it's continuing to rise and people will joke like i made that joke there about him jumping up 50 picks for a grand slam he's he's still not high enough like he's still a great no. discount that you can jump you can reach on him you can afford to do that because here's the question chris so down anyways yeah. would you rather draft domingo santana or byron buxton <sighs> That's actually a tough to me. I'm not completely buying into all the bucks. And I think, I think if I, all right, I'll, I'll say this. If I'm playing in a big money league, I'm going to take Santana. If I'm playing with my buddies and it's a, and it's not a huge money league and it's fun, I'm going to take the upside in bucks. And I really, I will, I will do that. I know that his average is not going to be uh, great, but I still think he, he can go at least 15, 15 with a, with a poor average. And he's got upside and ceiling to, to be higher. Uh, I think so, that Buxton is, is salt. That's you, you give me a, you give me a tough comparison there. A tough choice. Uh, I knew I gave you a tough comparison, but for me, if it's a high-stakes league, if it's my buddy's league, if it's a league that only plays on Tuesdays, I am taking Domingo Santana, Santana every single time. time. Yeah. Top, like I said, top 20. You know what? Who hasn't been top 20 or even top 10 or even top <laughs> 25 or 30? You're like Byron Buxton, enough of the damn hype. And the reason yeah. I brought him up was yeah. not even because of the tough comparison, Chris. You switched the names and he would be going as a top 15 outfielder because you remember what happened after those first three or four spring training games when Buxton was going bananas and everybody yeah. like shot him up 50, 60, 70, a hundred picks out of the blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's why I brought the name up because if you switch the name on the jerseys, you're not getting Domingo Santana unless you draft them in the sixth or seventh round. Right. And I'm not drafting Bucks in, you know, top 150 picks. So I guess that's answering your question there that I would rather just, you know, pass for a buck in a points league the other day. Like I hate Byron Buxton. And I know he strikes out a ton, and that's yeah. partially because of it, why he went so... But I threw him out as a buck because I already had my outfielders, and I was like, hey, you know what? Somebody will spend five or six, and you know, it was going once, going twice, and I was like, uh, well, I guess Byron Buxton is now in my utility spot. And, and that's go. fine, and that's fine for a dollar. I mean, I think I tweeted out, and I think Nando retweeted as well. It was um, Ooh, Buxton. Nando retweeted. Yeah, Nando retweeted. got some love, and I think, you know, honestly, between you and I and some people listening, everyone took it the wrong way. So I did a, a best ball draft, and I took Buxton round 26. Round 26. Ooh. And I and then that was before he went. He opened up spring, I think, 10 for 10 with a couple homers, and he had like 10 RBIs. And yeah. I had said, I got Buxton last week in the 28th round. Today he goes in the fifth. And I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I remember that. And everybody was just, no way he's going in the fifth. Oh, my goodness. He's rose up so much. I wouldn't take him in the fifth. Other people are like, I would take him in the third. Like, everyone's just like, they love Buxton. I just let it go. I just let it ride out there and let people have whatever kind of thoughts that they wanted to have with it um but that's the kind of like hype and people talk prospects and you, you know mentioned he's never been on the top list of anything it's just prospects that's it so people get amped up and they get excited but at the same time he's striking out 30 percent of the time his on-base percentage last year was 183 like it's nice <laughs> to see him in spring 
to have some success at the plate, not strike out as much because he's not striking out this spring, but it's, it's hard for me to manage um, to envision, I guess, the, the full breakout from this guy. Like, I think 15-15 is a lock, but he's going to hit 230. And we have already seen Santana, to your point. He's two years removed away from 30 home runs and 15 stolen bases and, and a top ranking. And he's hitting in the five spot in Seattle's lineup, which is, yeah, they've turned it over a little bit, but it's not that bad, right? Hanniger and, and Bruce and Edwin, if he can stay healthy. and Dude, Hanniger was hot crap last year. Oh, he was amazing. Yeah, he was a top. 20 outfielders. Everybody was all over him. Yeah, so um, I'm with you, Santana. And again, for people that are seeing the ADP and they're like, oh, it's 290, whatever you're drafting. If you're drafting on Yahoo, it's like 300 and something. You don't need to wait until it gets <laughs> near there to take him. Like, take him right. as a, between outfielder 30, 35. It's not a reach. It's I think you're still going to get good value. Well, and that's part of the strategy, too, is you know who you're drafting with, know right. your league. Uh, a perfect example was that dollar that I got for Buxton was an industry league. So again, why I said I think he would go for like five or six bucks and not 10 or 11, you might have a league that gets caught up in the hype of the excitement of Buxton and still doesn't even care or think about a Domingo Santana. So that's one of the biggest things. And this is why I don't get too hung up for everybody out there. The auction values that I provide, that's because the auction values are based off their produced value and that should be what they return you money-wise don't get so hung up on them because one person in your draft is going to skew something. If your home draft goes 75-25 on hitting, or maybe they go 55-45 on hitting and like they love their pitch, you have to know your home league. You have to know how it, you know, how it moves. And if you're in a league you've never played in before, well, hopefully you, you were paying attention enough during the draft. You throw out a couple names that you don't want to try. Here's a good one. This is one of the first things. If it, I had the very first nomination in Tout Wars. It's Tout Wars head-to-head, Chris. I am not as high as everybody else of Vladimir Guerrero. It has nothing to do with the talent. It just has to do with, let's remember how young he is. There's probably going to be a hiccup or two along the way, given how young he is. Maybe there's not. Maybe he just surprises all of us and he is 100% that good being this young. But the injury, whether or not we want to believe it's 100% an injury or just another excuse to kind of gloss over the, oh, we're going to send him down until Super 2 is done so we don't look as bad. Whatever it might be, if the injury is real and does cause him to miss a little bit of time and then he has to get back into, you know, the swing of things. So he's almost restarting spring trade. All this to say, I'm just saying there's reasons to just be a little cautious when it comes to Vlad. So I didn't want him because I knew he would go for like 30 bucks and I was I don't want to spend 30 bucks on Vlad. If you want to give him for every 20, sure. I threw him out as the very first nomination in the draft because I'm going to get a sense of how to how this draft is going to be. If he ended up going for 21 and I jumped in, I'd be like, all right, they're not going to be caught up in hype in this room. If he goes for 30, 31, it's like, okay, I know people are still valuing excitement and hype and potential, so they like the potential. So you got to get a gauge of your room. Yeah, that's a good call. And Vlad's the perfect guy. For anybody out there, I mean, there's still people doing drafts, right? We still have another week until the season starts here. So people are still... <laughs> the second still season actually, starts. Yeah, the, the real season gets underway here next Thursday. So there's... there. I mean, I still have a couple myself. Uh, I'm aware of people still having a few drafts, like the industry drafts, the big drafts. All those, are, all those are gone for sure. But auction, I mean, that's the perfect guy to throw out there because there's a ton of hype surrounding Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I'm in agreement with you. I, 
And I think Gary and I talked about this, a big Jays fan. We, we did the DK show and he, and we, we were putting my rankings up with, you know, ADPs from NFBC and just comparing them and saying, well, you don't have Vlad as a top 50 player. It's like, well, he has to be basically perfect for him to be a top 50 player. And, and all these things that you said, I'm, I'm in agreement. I don't know when they're going to call him up. Yeah, there's an injury right now. The Jays have said they don't think he's good enough, which we all know is, is a bit of a joke. But at the same time, he may be one of the better hitting prospects we've seen in, in a long time. And But I feel like people are drafting him in a redraft league. People are drafting him for average alone. I don't think he's going – like he can spread all kinds of parts of the ballpark, but I don't think he's going to be a 30, 40 home run guy. I just don't see that this season, and he hasn't faced big league pitching. So you're right. There's a lot that could happen with him. The team is brutal that he's playing on. And I think for if you go look at some of his projections, and I have a projection for him, say he hits 20 home runs and he has 75 RBIs and 75 runs and he hits 290, 280. Isn't that just slightly worse than Rendon? Right. Why wouldn't you just take the for sure thing in Rendon? Or later on, a few few rounds later, Justin Turner is sitting there who can contribute across the board as well and, and put up similar. So I'm that's laughing. Just tossing Guerrero out there will do that. He's a big name guy. So at the seventh rank since my last update, which is coming out today-ish, uh, Anthony Rendon is seventh at third base. A.U. Adio Suarez is... stud. It's another guy. Is eighth. And then Vlad and Justin Turner are basically tied. I mean, they're... The for people that don't know what the Z score is, uh, you can go look it up. It's actually how I do pro- my projections. I'm not going to tell you how I weight everything so you can do it yourself, but you can do your own projections. <laughs> yes, they are 0.02 apart from each other. So, to your point about Justin Turner and Vladimir Guerrero, they're right there. Yes, Vladimir Guerrero 100% has a higher ceiling, there's no question about it. But to go back real quick and we'll move on from Vlad, do you remember where Gregory Polanco was going when he was getting? His first year when he was supposed to, you know, it's the Super 2, you're going to have to wait for him. Do you remember? Because uh, I remember both of these off the top of my head because I was in labor and I, I just remember. Yeah, watching. no, I, I don't remember off the top he of went, my head what I remember being in on. <laughs> on Yep. On average, it was about the ninth round. Yeah. Do you remember where Chris Bryant was going? Yeah, Bryant was more of like a fourth or third, wasn't he? Oh, no, you're, you're shot, you overshot. It was it was like sixth or seventh. I took him in the fifth because I knew he wasn't going to be there in the sixth or seventh. I was one hundred percent sold on him. That was the, that's actually was that the year I won or second place? And I don't remember, but I remember that. All I'm saying is you don't even really get over fifth round for Chris Bryant and Gregory Polanco, and there's been others too. For that's what you like you said as you pointed out. If he needs to do all this, he needs to be perfect, buying all the risk. As I always say, yeah. he needs yeah. to be everything you think he can be. Yeah, and there's some there's some question marks about you know his weight, his makeup. Can he play third? There there's some question marks with him, and I'm not going to knock him again. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. I, I really do. I just uh, yeah, he does have to. He's a pass. He's a pass in redraft leagues. You want to you want to have him in your dynasty league or keeper. I took him last year yeah, in a league in the 24th round, and I've I hold on I held on to him all last year, and I got to keep him for a 20 second. It's it's worked out. It's panned out. But you want to you're playing in a dynasty league, keeper league. I have no problem with you, you know, reaching and grabbing him in the second if if that's what you want to do. Fine, you're going to get yourself a, a terrific player, at least a four. Fine, I do what I want. <laughs> do what you want, but I'm telling you, in redrafts. He's a pass. Like, like these players that, you know, you mentioned Suarez. I have him lower. I mean, I, I think Who's I have Suarez? No, no uh, Vlad, 11. I oh. go Rendon, Suarez, Turner, Andujar. I like Andujar as well. I think. Uh, where do I have I, Andujar? I have him just, just oh. ahead. I have him just behind. Uh, 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's close, right? It, it's right there. And actually Turner, Guerrero, Anahar, Donaldson, Devers are all like on top of each other. Right. And, and Travis got, Shaw. Let's say you got, you got Chapman ahead of that crew or no, a lot of people are real. I mean, that's another guy that you could throw out there in an auction. And I think people would spend on, I think people yeah. are paying overpaying for power on him. Yeah. And, like this thing is like their base. The funny thing is third base isn't deep. But it is until you get to like 16, 17. It's, it's, a, it's fine unless you're playing in like a 15 team or then all of a sudden because it's, it's after that 16, 17 that you get the drop off and now all of a sudden you're talking about Evan Longoria and Candelario because Sano's out forever. Uh, I Franco, have Franco's on all my teams. When I wait out a third, I get screwed and I just take Franco and it's like... I love Franco this year. I love him too, but he better pan out because I have a lot <laughs> of shares of him. Uh, Kang, I have a, I've had a lot oh, of... Oh yeah, Jung-ho Kang who only hits home runs. Otherwise, he doesn't get a hit. Yeah, enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, I mean... You know, listen, two years ago, he was he was in the no, Rookie of the no, Year no. conversation. I mean, he's hit some home runs. But again, to your point, once you get past those first 15, 16, I mean, you're... you're it gets kind of ugly. It does. It gets pretty ugly. Like, Shaw and Moustakis are staring at you. could be okay. Will Myers, like, he's just going to get hurt again. I think Will Myers not actually... not as first base, though. I think Myers could be traded. I think he'll get traded this year. I don't know. There's something about... I just feel well, like... Well, see, that's the thing, too. Yeah, if third base can definitely get deeper if you start including the people with multi-positionality. Multi, yeah, like the Myers in their profile. Yeah, I was looking at the straight... Yeah, of course, yeah, because you, you have Will Myers, Javier Baez, you could slide in over third base. Uh, there's yeah. a couple others, so you could look at... I mean, heck... Ear falafel, canafel, badafel, whatever his name is, that's going to play. You said it, not me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that catcher dude. <laughs> that catcher dude. Yeah, yeah he's I'm actually my catch- second catcher in one, one league where I have to play with two damn catchers because that's the bane of my existence. And God. That's I, another one. Waited out, wait out on catcher. I, I think yesterday in a 25 round draft, my last pick was catcher. I think I took like Chirinos or something. I'm like, yeah. Well, see, I keep going. And this is my point. It's like, all right, JTL Romuto, overall, if you're just talking hitters, he's like top 40. He because is. you have to account for the catcher scarcity. If you put him at first base, and say, you know what? And that's the thing. Like, here's the example. And this is what I try to explain to everybody because people are like, oh, I don't understand your, you know, the difference in your rankings. But here's the point. is like, if you played, if you put him at first base where he's eligible, which you would never want to do, if, but if you did, he'd only be like the 16th best first baseman. And that's the point is you have to understand he gets inflated in overall hitters because he's such an amazing catcher, like Buster Posey in his heyday. But the problem is if you, you got to understand for what his true value is, and that's why the go back is the two catcher. I hate that argument. It was like, well, if you account for the how the league is, every player has some kind of value. No, it's still negative value. If you still rank them overall – you know, you're going to go through 200 outfielders before you get to Easter kind of falafel patafel. <laughs> yeah, for, I, I, I can't even say that. I can't even say that <laughs> if I tried. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree as well. And, and people, I think more and more people are starting to weigh down on catcher, weigh down on catcher to the point where Real Muto is he's a pretty good, I don't want to say steal, but he's a pretty good target. He's to a yeah, he really is. And uh, I, I think I took him like in the end of the fifth and one. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take him and it's going to be great. I'm not going to have to deal with catcher all year. It's not going to hurt me. Whoever I put out there, he's, he's going to contribute across the board. So I, there's well, a lot I don't of like, about Phillies, the Phillies lineup. It's I, I, 
basically everybody inside that lineup is a target of mine besides well i want to talk about that's good that's good let's talk about that real quick and real quick on the the two catcher thing like if you go back to one you don't have to just go back to one and then have everybody just wait till the end of the draft to take their catcher who didn't take real muto and those kind of catchers because it's there's no value add a second utility just Mm -hmm. because now you can like similar to the whole point of like not having a kicker and adding a second flex or maybe even with the tight end situation is now you can have the conversation of do I draft Jonathan Lucroy or Alex Gordon? You know, if you're in a deep enough league where you're into those player names, you can have that discussion versus, you know, so you understand my point. But yeah. talk about the Phillies real quick because that's actually in the news is surprising to me. I don't get this. McCutcheon's leading off. I understand McCutcheon, but to me, if I just me personally, if I'm building that lineup, Segura leading off with McCutcheon in the two-hole, it just makes so much sense to me that this really kind of surprised me. Now, but as you mentioned, this lineup as a whole, I, you know, I actually had somebody mention in the comments of my rankings, they said, hey, you know, McCutcheon's too low. This was, I hadn't updated since they signed Harper, and I moved them up, but not a ton, because I still see declining skills. At the same time, there's the flip side where, you, like you just said, you keep looking at this lineup, and you're like, wow, I mean... Are we going to overflate the players? Overinflate the player? Over, what, I just made a new word. Overflate. Overfl- I'm going to say it. I'm going to use it again. Overflate. Yeah, dude, throw, throw the catch. Yeah. Throw the Texas catcher in there too while you do. It, yeah. Right? It was just like yeah, the whole thing. You know, they're playing at a great park. The lineup is great, top to bottom. I mean, Cesar Hernandez is going to be bat like sixth or seventh. I, are we going to? Is it going to be overvalued, or you think that it's proper to get excited? I think it's proper. I think it's proper to get excited. Um, yeah, I was a little hesitant as well with Segura. I know he's let off before, but I think he's, for the most part, he's been locked into the two spot, you know, his whole career, really. You know, even in Milwaukee and Arizona, he did. And then last year in Seattle, he was, he's in the, even in the past couple of years, Seattle's in the two spot. Uh, McCutcheon has a better on-base percentage for his career, so I, I get right. that. Some of his speed is gone. I understand. They could flop around. But looking at this lineup, yeah, I'm completely sold, man. I'm bought into everything. I, I again, I like McCutcheon. You mentioned the ballpark. The ballpark is is phenomenal. McCutcheon getting on base, he can still steal a few bags for you. You know, he can still hit home runs, and he he can definitely do that. Playing in San Fran uh, hurt him a little bit, but. Citizens Bank is one of the better ones. You and I have talked about it. I think it's number two in terms of home runs. You know, ESPN Park Factors has a number two over the past couple of years. So McCutcheon at the top, Segura, those are both guys that get on base. And then Harper, I just think Hoskins is the one I want so bad. I just feel <laughs> like he's a, he's a really strong target, and I have no problem reaching just slightly on him. I want a piece of him big time. And then Romuto behind him. And then we already mentioned Franco, who doesn't strike out who's had 20-plus home runs in his last three seasons. Uh, he's going to have just be in a great spot to, to have some RBIs. Oh, look, at, yeah, RBI. look at the bottom half. Romuto, exactly. Herrera, Franco, yeah. Cesar Hernandez, some mix of those four. Yeah, and people, you know, they're not even like Udo, Udobel, Herrera. Udobel. Let's say Udobel. that again. Let's try that. Oh. Get, get your Herrera. Canadian out of there. Let's get the Canadian out of there. <laughs> Udobel Herrera. He's got he's, – he's not a – Brutal hitter either. He's not awful. I mean, it, when he came onto the scene, 297, I'm looking at his number, 297, 286. Like, he's not that good of a hitter in terms of average. The last couple of years yeah. have been bad. He but just needs to stay healthy. Yeah, a career 279 hitter in four seasons. He's going to be set up in an opportunity to to drive in some runs as well. And he's got a couple years with double-digit stolen bases. I mean, one year in 2016, 
he scored 87 runs, 15 homers, and 25 stolen bases, right? He walked 10% of the time, struck out 20% of the time, and right. hit 286. So this lineup, top to bottom, you mentioned Hernandez as well, who hit leadoff for them last season. Yeah, this, I'm looking at roster resource, and I, I, my opinion, I feel like Herrera and Hernandez would be flipped because they have Cutchin. Cut, I just, I'm just making up words now. I'm just leaving stuff <laughs> We out. are, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. McCutcheon, Segura, Harper, Hoskins, Real Muto. They have Herrera, Franco, Hernandez at the bottom. I would think it would go Hernandez, Franco, Herrera. In my yeah, opinion. I'm, yeah, but sure. I was wrong you about the Segura McCutcheon thing. Yeah, you, I, I'm not surprised with the Segura McCutcheon thing, but even with Hernandez, I mean, sometimes they, these teams like to do that. They like to put some of their, you know, NCRTA couldn't hit leadoff for the Braves sometimes. And faster guys. Hit, uh, yeah, you, you put them in near the end. I know they still have to put the pitcher in there. Maybe they put the pitcher. So you almost get like the, what my, my point was, you almost get the Suedo McCutcheon actually hitting second. Type exactly. Yeah. You get Hernandez on base, whether it's it, put him in the ninth. Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah. I, you just, get him ha- I just hate around. seeing Franco down that far. <laughs> I know. You I do? know. It's tough. <laughs> There's nothing. I would, f- I would flip. Yeah, I would have Franco at six, and that's probably maybe something that's going to happen. It's just it's it is a stacked lineup. It really is top to bottom. I mean, they bring in three they bring in three legit guys who can get on base in McCutcheon, Segura, and Ramuto. It's all right. Real quick on this is nice. I didn't realize we were, we're running out of time here, <laughs> and we got to get our NCAA tournament discussion in real quick. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, yeah. uh, but I'll go say you brought up Hoskins, Hoskins, and Bellinger are two of my favorite picks this year, and I own so much of both because people, oh, such a disappointing 2018. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Look yeah. at their numbers. The problem with both of them, and this is if this is a lesson to everybody, and I, I heard you chuckle, so I know you agree because we've talked about this before. It's fantasy football. Heck, it's what you do that I don't play ba- basketball and hockey too. Like When people have such high expectations, and you know what? Here's a perfect example. Let's bring back... Oh, my God. I'm just going to shut the show off right now. <laughs> bring back... Vladimir Guerrero, and let's say he hits 270, 15 home runs, you know, maybe only steals eight bases. Next year, he's going to be this discussion because what I'm about to get to is here is it's the overinflated, I said it correctly that time, expectations and excitement. It was, oh my God, Hoskins is going to hit 40 plus. Bellinger's going to take that next step forward and be so amazing. They still put up good years. Yeah. But because the expectations and the excitement was so high that having a good season creates the perception that they had a disappointing year, and they didn't. They Even repeating what they did last year is fine by me, and if they do improve at all, boon to you. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's the problem. You said it. The expectations are just too high. Like for Bellinger, I mean, he just came out. His rookie season was phenomenal. He went on such a run and such a tear. And he was just hitting a home run every single game. And there were big home runs. And and that's you get caught up into the in, into everything, right? 39 home runs in 2017. And then when he hits 25 home runs, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not driving him next year. He's no good. I'm not taking that spot. And the same thing for Hoskins. I mean, Hoskins hit 30. You're right. He had a great season last year. 34 home runs and 96 RBIs. And now you just talk about the three guys that they added to their lineup atop the order, guys who can get on base easily, consistently get on base. They, they I mean, almost 400 on base percentage for, for McCutcheon. I know he's... He's declined over the past couple of years, but Hoskins is in a 
great opportunity and we could overlook RBIs. We can sit here and debate all day about RBIs and how they're fluky or whatever. There's a bit of a skill set. It doesn't matter. These guys ahead of them are going to get on base. They really are. And I think a hundred RBIs is, is a, is a lock for, for Hoskins for sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked with 40 and 115. I mean, I know that may be a bit of a stretch, but he's just in a prime time to succeed and he's only 26 years old. And you go look at Bellinger. Oh, right. He's 23. He's 23 years old and he has a 39 home run season under, he's got 64 bombs and in under 300 games, Bellinger. They're both good candidates. I, it's crazy. I've, I've been trying to get both of them on my teams. I can never get both. It's either one or the other, and I'm fine with one or the other. I think that at the end of the day, both of these guys are going to flirt with you know first-round value, especially Hoskins. I just think he's – everyone wants to talk about Harper, Harper, Harper. To me, it's it's you, you can take Harper in the first if you want, early second. Hoskins, I'm, i got to get him on my squad. All right. NCAA tournament to close things out. Yeah. All right. Are you uh the I only make one bracket person? Bracket of integrity. Uh, um, I I make a couple brackets, but for the most part, well, see, that's what I'm I, locked in. Yeah, so I have my one that is like so I make one for the ESPN people that I play a tournament with, and then I make one for CBS. It might be slightly different; it's still probably ninety five percent the same, but I might like mix up one or two here, just depending on like, hey, you know what? It's I don't know. I really want to take ODU, but I don't believe ODU is going to beat Purdue. That type of thing. But yeah. Yeah, if I ever boast about it, it is going to be. I'm not going to boast. Be like, all right, let me go look through my 15 brackets to find the best one. <laughs> so, our uh, let, let's 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 do it this way instead of running through the entire bracket. Do you have any double digit seed that you feel really good about in the first round that you took? Um, I feel really good. Um, I like Belmont. I like Belmont. Like, yeah, not. Re- yeah, I know. Like, I'm. I Belmont. I <laughs> Belmont is one that I feel. I feel good about. I guess. Um, I. I don't. Oregon. I. I guess I got Oregon to the Sweet Sixteen, so that would be one. They're coming in pretty hot. They're playing good. They're twelve C. They got Wisconsin next, and I think they could be. So you haven't beaten Kansas State. Yeah, so I have them, and I think they'll give Virginia a good run too. So th- I just looking at my bracket now. Now they're the double digit seed that that I have. Um, yeah, I have you know. one double digit seed as well. Yeah, well, who is it? New Mexico State. Ooh, New Mexico State. This okay. whole Kansas getting this un- unfair advantage that they get to play in Kansas if they get to North Carolina, and like, well, guess what? It's not going to happen yeah. because Kansas is going back to those years where the hell. I'd love it to see the Northeastern kick. Kansas always get knocked out in the first round, and then they finally fixed it over a little bit of time. But yeah, so I'm um, a Jayhawks fan. I know all about. Uh, yeah, I know all about the Jayhawks. I mean, it's 30 straight years I've been in this tournament. It's the longest running uh, streak um, ever. But uh, they're they're being you know missing guys' do? injuries, and they've been brutal. I, I think they could lose the Northeastern. To be honest. They- they didn't win the conference. I know, right? It's nuts. <laughs> they did not win the conference. Um, Ziegler's yeah. Kansas. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, they've had some injuries this year. They, they've, they've definitely underperformed. Uh, I have them losing to well, – so that's where we're a little different. I have them losing to Auburn. I have Auburn all the way to um, – I, I, I went the other way with that. I could see it. Yeah. I went with the Auburn, gave everything they had to surprise everybody in the tournament, the mm-hmm. SEC tournament, and now they went they, – they petered that's out. Fair. We're on the same page, though. Kansas is – Kansas probably – you know what? Usually – you know, a lot of people are in on Kansas as like a Final Four team and they disappoint. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they surprise everyone, but I think that they're an early out. Like, they, I think the writing is, is right there that they're, they're an early out. So I have two issues with my bracket that I'm going to try 
to change before it's final is that in the what in the west i have one two three and four so i hate that i just can't get like murray state would be fun with john morant but I, i don't see them beating florida state i really can't see texas tech or michigan getting hung up by anything there and that's the problem is like I feel feel like this is the year that Gonzaga's team is good enough to at least make it that far. Like I just can't get away from the four over there. And it's really annoying me because in the same factor is I don't know, I can't see Duke, Virginia, or UNC losing until at least the Elite Eight. So now we're down to is Michigan State gonna lose? I think that team is too dang good. That's the problem is I really feel like there's the top seven or eight this year. And then everybody else. So I can't get away from Kentucky. I can't get away from UNC. I can't get away from Tennessee. And I know two are probably going to get hung up, if not more, at some point. But I can't get away from them. I know. It's it's tough. You know, I look at my bracket, too, and it's like, I don't have enough upsets. I I have the exact same (laughs) thing. The exact same thing in the West, like Michigan, Texas Tech, and then Gonzaga and Florida State. So I have the exact same thing. And then over on the other side, I agree. Well, honestly, everybody knows like Duke is just unbelievable with Zion. And Michigan State, I mean, they could have easily been a one. I think they got a little bit of the short end of the stick. Yeah, they're going to play close to home or whatever their reasoning was. I mean, they could have been a one. They're a two. They're the best two. And they got Duke in their region, which is brutal for them so and michigan was great for most of the season too like as my my first run through my very um so i again like i said i did this and then i did my one for the one where i actually put money in it's a little bit different than this this is my first i always do a first like all right this is just what i feel Mm -hmm. and i usually don't mess with that one because i always want to go back and look at it that's the one that i kind of don't pay attention to for like hey i'm bragging that's just oh man i should have listened to my gut my first run through on this was duke michigan one two Virginia, Kentucky, one, two, Duke over Virginia. Like, I, I legitimately think Virginia, this is the year, like, I know we had what just happened. Yeah. But at the same time, you look at this Virginia team, and here's the thing about this Virginia team. What do we know about Virginia in the past? Defense, 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 defense. Mm, okay, they finally scored 70 points and defense, defense. They scored 70, 80 points multiple to this t- t- team finally has an offense. Yeah, it's and one of their best what, offenses in a long time. Right. Now, watch Virginia get upset in the second round by Old Miss or something, but... That South uh, I, is tough. That South is tough to me, actually, because, like I said, I like um, I like Oregon, Virginia's, Tennessee is really good, and I, I just, actually thought the Midwest was the worst because you got <sighs> Auburn with what happened. They you know win the SEC. You got Iowa yeah. State, who yeah, a lot of people love to upstate pe- ups, upset good. people. They're down at six. I mean, you look at that top six. It's Carolina, Kentucky, Houston, who lost, what, two or three games? Yeah. So Houston. And I know that's always like, uh, they come from a conference. Who cares? Kansas, as you've mentioned. Kansas is the number five, four, who, if they do get to the Sweet 16, get to play at home. Yeah. five. Six yeah. is Iowa State. Wofford, who people love as like that little sleep fun, you know, yeah, whatever. They're down at seven. Not saying Wofford can do anything. But then you got Utah State, who some people are saying could give UNC a run for their money. I mean that bracket to me, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. It is tough. That whole that whole right side is is tough. I mean, I I was sitting there forever on. I got Iowa State and Kentucky. I got Kentucky beating them, but so do I. Yeah, I was sitting there forever with Kentucky and UNC, Kentucky, UNC, Kentucky, UNC. Um, I'm leaning UNC right now, but yeah, that's I'm really, really and I'm a UNC fan. Yeah, that's yeah so you're a fan that's re- that's really tight that's 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 a tough game for me to call and on the other side Purdue and Tennessee is a tough game for me to call as well like both of their I like both of their teams 
I know I need to get – you need every year there's some yeah. upsets. And Duke is always the team that disappoints. It's always Duke. You See, this is what's the, killing me. Duke, Duke, Duke. Money is on the line, and I still have Duke as my national champion. Yeah, I do too. I do too I because just, I've watched every game that Zion's played basically, and they're just such a different team. It is. You look at, so, at their statistics. We all know, Jake, you know as well, and people listening that follow is they can't hit a three. They're brutal from three. But Which with is Zion, like the opposite of what yeah, they usually ever are. Right, I know. And it's hard to have success. Uh, I forget the – ah, it's slipping my mind. There's some great articles at The Athletic, of course, breaking down this tournament. But, um, you know, there's one in particular about Duke and just talking about how their struggles from beyond the arc and a team that has struggled – that they can't hit a three. Usually they don't have the kind of success that you want or that you think that they'll have well, in a what, tournament. They do, but they have Zion, and that's – That's the thing. So what are they – what they lost? Two or three maker. games with him out of their five. They lost two. I think they lost to um, Gonzaga, I think. and Gonzaga early. They lost to the, the upset Syracuse. Syracuse, yeah. But yeah. then – they, the Zion came back for the tournament. So, yeah, the last the, the, two, the two UNC games yeah. and then the, t- the Tech game. And, yes, they only barely squeaked by UNC in the tournament, but they beat them. I mean, they won, so. Yeah, exactly. It, they're, just, they're just such a different team with him on the floor. And people that have fo- that are followed the sport way more than you and I have just been in awe of this guy. And, you know, it's they should be because he's just, he's such a difference maker. He's, he's unbelievable. So I'm looking forward to that Duke Michigan state game, but I got Duke as well. I got them winning it all. I just think Zion's a difference. I know it's a complete chalk, but. Oh crap. We're not going to talk till next week. <laughs> One out of 10. How much do you care about Randall Cobb with the Cowboys? Oh yeah. I don't care at all. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care uh, one bit with, with Randall Cobb and the Cowboys. I, it, I think it's a decent – I think it's an upgrade. I mean, isn't it an upgrade over Beasley? Uh, I don't know that it is at this point of his career, and you know yeah. how much I love Gallup, and they have Cooper now. Like, so who cares? Yeah, it's not like Dak Prescott's going to go throw for 5,000 yards and 35 touchdowns. Exactly. They still want to run the football there. As much as they got Amari Cooper and Gallup, is to your point, they still their, – their game plan is to run the football and give it to Zeke, let him touch the ball 20, 25 times. I'll, I'll so. give it a three. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the and you know what Cobb has been Cobb has been pretty disappointing over the past couple of years. You know, with with guys, you know, Jordy leaves and and other guys are falling in that offense and he wasn't able to do anything and step up. So yeah, I'm not that excited about him. I think it's an no. okay overall move, but fantasy wise I'm not. You know what I'm excited for? What's that? Baseball at five thirty tomorrow in the morning. I don't know. I'm not. <sighs> don't care. Sorry, people. Um, baseball spring training is still going on over at the athletic. I have the spring training people. You should actually legitimately be excited about for stock going up. If you go over there, we still have the, what is it? The 40% off. So find that because it's yes. 40% spring training celebration, fantasy bass, bass, basketball, baseball. So check that out. Chris Meany over there. Chris Meany also fan tracks and a whole lot of other things coming soon for Chris at Chris Meany. Any parting words, my friend? Um, just because I mentioned it, it was Seth Davis. Seth Davis has that great breakdown of Duke and just, um, yeah, Seth Davis took Liberty and now everybody's going to be over to Liberty. Don't take them. <laughs> Bro, just cause they feel like they, they're, they're the hot upset pick. And usually when they're the hot upset pick, the hot upset pick doesn't happen. I know it, you're right. It, it really doesn't. There's always uh, you know, a 12, there, there's usually some 12s like that get the wins there. Um, I, I went I, to both schools. Do you got a 12? You got a 12? No, I'm saying I, I, I had the 
Oh yeah, I heard you mentioned uh, New Mexico. That's right. Yeah, New Mexico State. I was gonna say no. I went to Liberty for a year and a half, and then I grew, I went to ODU for the rest and graduated from ODU, just like Travis Folga, my boy. Um, I, I, I'm saying take ODU, not Liberty, and now I'm gonna ruin everybody's brackets because it's gonna be the opposite. Fair <laughs> enough. I chose the schools. I could tell you from experience which one's better. It's ODU. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Have a good one, everybody. Time to make up some more words.